0: This show is a part of the FM Podcast Network. Visit us at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan.
1: Heart of Mind, Be Still. You can play with fire, but you'll get the bill. Don't let her know. Don't let her know that you love her. Don't be a fool. Don't be blind. Heart of mine. This is Pod Dillon, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, One Song at a Time, part of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week to talk about Heart of Mine from 1981's Shot of Love is fellow Bobcat, Maya Tillery. Hi, Maya.
0: Hi. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. I'm so glad to be here.
1: I'm excited to talk about this song. We've not yet covered it on the show. We have to start at the beginning, which is how'd you become a fan of Bob in the first place?
0: Well, man, that's such a long story, Rob. <laughs> um, we have done. If my memory serves me well, I think I've been <laughs> a fan most of my life, but I don't really think I put the name to the face until about seven or eight years ago. I've heard his music a lot throughout my life, and I just like I used to listen to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers all the time and the traveling Wilberries, it was something that my dad and I really shared together as a family thing. So I think I knew that version of Bob, <laughs> but, uh, I kind of got to a point where I didn't really focus on Bob's music, but then I moved into this little town that I'm living in now and I met a fellow Bob cat that, uh, he was just obsessed and I loved that about him. And he loaned me some, (laughs) he loaned me some of his albums and I was instantly hooked. Like I couldn't stop listening to them. And it was like, it just grabbed a hold of me.
1: Did you make the connection that that was, you're like, wait, that's the guy from the Woolberries? Like the minute you started talking to him.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was kind of weird because I have like weird memories of like people in my life that have like come in and left and come in and left that, Tried to get me to listen to his music, and I never really, you know, I liked his music, but I didn't really know who he was. But it kind of all came into the big picture, you know, full-circled moment where I was like, oh, I know who he is. (laughs) It was kind of interesting.
1: (laughs) You know, at those earlier points, you just weren't ready for it, and then you were, and it came along at the right time. So do you remember the moment when you were talking to this guy, how you how you both realized you like that because i've had the i've had those experiences with people where you don't know it at all and then they mention him you know and all of a sudden it's so exciting Do you, was there like a eureka moment with this guy
0: um yeah kind of it was kind of weird how he um it was like he was talking about um knocking on heaven's door and and it was like it just dawned on me that i've been listening to bob like my whole life and knew exactly who he was but i just didn't make that connection like you said it was not the right time i guess
1: <laughs> it's bob is there waiting for you no matter when it is you're ready in your life he's there waiting for you it doesn't matter of coming along so uh well that, that, that that's really fantastic so when 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 you he lent you a bunch of albums that's how it started real that's how it it went from oh i've heard some songs to i'm now taking in full albums at that point
0: Exactly. <laughs> learning every line, every lyric, like learning how to play the guitar through Bob's songs. Like, you know, it, it changed my life.
1: Wow. How long did you have those records? Like, did you, did he have to ask you for them back or did you, did you turn them <laughs> over willingly?
0: Um, it, it was a little bit of both. I mean, he <laughs> ran into me. <laughs> he ran into me at the grocery store and was like, "Hey, I could use those back. I have a project I'm working on." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, sure." Like, but I had them all memorized by that time, so I was like, "Okay." Like, I cried a little bit when I gave them back, but they were uh, very sentimental to me at that time.
1: <laughs> That's. I love that. I like he's so. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's trying to like. Pull things off the grocery shelf, trying to look all nonchalant. Uh, Maya, when are you going to be done with uh, Highway 61? Uh, there,
0: you <laughs> know. So he, I think that was one of the albums that he gave me. But he, um, he actually worked as a a stalker for the, you know, for freight for the grocery store. So that's funny you said that.
1: <laughs> I like, I want to avoid this guy, but I need groceries. What am I going to do? <laughs>
0: No, I mean he was he was awesome. I mean he kind of like opened a window into my my own mind that I I kind of don't think I would have really bridged that reality unless it was for that guy.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we we have him to thank for your appearance here on the on the show. So now you mentioned the Wilbury. so we have a general idea of like when this was, but like what like what time frame are we talking about? Because I'm I'm what I'm leading to is what, and this is a question I'm now starting to ask every new guest because I find it to me very revelatory is after he does that, after you give him back the records, do you go out and start buying Bob's records? And what was, if you can remember, what was your first new Bob record? Like, what was the first one you bought that was brand new, issued when he put it out?
0: Oh, issued when, okay. Um, Actually, I haven't gone out and bought them. It It was more like... I kind of don't have all that money to just go and buy more Bob albums. But (laughs) if I had that money, I would be buying every single one of them. But a lot of it was basically just going online and listening. And, and, you know, his newer music just kind of captured me. Like, I just I don't even really know how to explain it. Like, it was just kind of weird.
1: (laughs) No, I understand. And that question that I asked sort of reveals my age and that because to a certain bunch of people past a certain point they're not buying the albums there. That's not how they consume music. I mm-hmm. am old and I still take things in an <laughs> album form, but for a certain generation and beyond, like, they're just like, no, I don't go by the record. I just, the music's just available on various platforms. I listen to it there. They don't, they don't take <laughs> it that same way.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, to like answer your question, like I, okay, weird. There's this thing about me and going in the grocery store and I just, it'll be the weirdest thing. I'll be in a bad mood. I walk in the grocery store, and I swear, like there'll be an album of Bob's in the CD rack that they sell. You know, whatever the CDs they have available. And I'm telling you, every single time I've bought one of those records, one of his songs has come on the radio in the store, and it just Ooh. makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> you can't, you can't avoid it, you know. So, so maybe it's that guy. Is that guy? Is he in charge of the the sound system in the? in the supermarket, and he's putting that on? I mean, it seems, like, it seems like you got somebody on the inside over there at the Safeway that's a big Bob fan.
0: To be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there seems to be a lot of Bob fans around my town, but I really do feel like that's just sheer coincidence. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's happened too many times to count, or it's kind of weirded me out to where I'm like, okay, I have to buy the CD. <laughs>
1: and that is weird. that is, You don't hear a lot of Bob played over muzak systems you know although muzak is the specifically the instrumental stuff but i've just i can count on one hand the number of times i've been in a store that wasn't a record store that i've heard bob dylan playing so that's
0: the supermarket is really
1: kind of unusual
0: yeah i mean it's a small town so i kind of think they have uh the the free will to be able to do that here (laughs) but um It's kind of cool, though. It always puts me in a good mood.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, buying groceries is a pretty kind of boring thing we all have to do. And who doesn't want to hear knocking on heaven's door while you're, you're getting milk? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's fun. Sure. Why not? All right. Well, yeah. I, again, thanks to this guy, whoever that is, for, for, for setting you down on this path. So uh, have you seen Bob live?
0: Um, Yes, I have. I saw him in um, June of 2021.
1: Oh, okay so pretty recently then all right
0: yeah it was very recently and let me tell you man it was oh man i will never forget that experience like i kind of went into it you know i'm trying not to have high expectations but man bob floored me hmm. i couldn't even believe like just the energy in the crowd and he at this one he like i'm planning on going and seeing him again i hope this time I'm going to have glasses to where I can see him clearly, but, (laughs) but, um, he had the lights off on the stage and Hmm. it was like just his silhouette and like the brim of his hat. And he like hid behind his little piano and played his harmonica. And I'm telling you, man, the people in the aisles dancing and holding their kids and, and being there as a family was just the most magical thing that I could have ever witnessed. And I was kind of scared to go and do this alone. Like I don't do anything alone. And I like just got up enough gumption to be able to just go no matter what. And it was like, it was probably like one of the best nights of my life. Like I just had such a wonderful time.
1: That's great to hear. That's an amazing thing to be able to say. That wasn't how, you know, I'm not asking you for percentages, but how much of it was the music you simply enjoyed hearing the songs live and how much of it was just being, in the presence of the guy. I, I go on and on about that. But I mean, that is a that is a tangible part of the experience for a lot of Bob fans, is that you're just you you have that realization of I'm in the same space as the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. It um oh, man, it was it's it's hard to like put my finger on the percentage of it because I was just taken aback. Like I I was not expecting him to be as like intense i mean it was an intense performance for me like more that like my um views of being on youtube and like seeing his concerts you know before the yonder pouches came out mm-hmm. you know seeing those and then seeing it in person was just a totally different experience entirely and it kind of um it raised my my you know um what is the word i'm looking for like he confounded every expectation I had of him, and it <laughs> just bored me. Like I was like, "Man, I have to see him again. Like this is this isn't good. Like I'm gonna be broke by the time this is all over." That's great,
1: though. That's I mean, you obviously said you saw some of his stuff on YouTube, so you had some idea of what to expect. You know, you kind of knew going in what sort of show he was going to be doing.
0: Yeah, sort of. I mean it. <sighs> like his harmonica man like i mean you know how he changes things up and and you know and on a whim you know like the the vibe and the energy of that concert was just amazing and like you said like the percentage of like him and being in his presence but then like also just like the vibe of the crowd and Mm -hmm. i was up in the balcony and i still felt like i was in the front row like it was (laughs) it was perfect
1: That's great. That's a, that's a, well, uh, that's a, like, oh God, what else could you ask for? You know, in a concert is to come away and sing as one of the best nights of your life. That's fit. That's unbelievable. So that's good thing. Good job, Bob. He delivered for you. You know, that's great. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on your first one, you know, you want it to really be a powerful experience. So that's, that's great, Especially when 2021, he's still mostly singing all new stuff. He's, you know, he's dabbling in some of the older songs, but it's pretty much still been all the rough and rowdy ways songs yeah it that's that is great that is absolutely fantastic so okay let's talk about heart of mine from as i said 1981's shot of love um why this one why do you want to talk about this one
0: um i've kind of always had this like weird obsession with bob's gospel years Mm -hmm. and i was kind of okay so i was raised in an adventist home um you know very religious, very, you know, pounding the Bible on me, you know, and I kind of, like, really resonated with this time of Bob's career, like, to where it just kind of felt like coming home in, like, the weirdest way. <laughs> but this song, it's just, it's full of so much wisdom in in a lot of aspects to me that I just feel like goes over a lot of people's heads.
1: Well, okay, explain. What does that mean?
0: So, so you know, in the first line where it says, Heart of mine be still... I've always kind of interpreted that as, like, looking at the Hebrew meaning of be still means to let it go, to stop striving, slacken and to let it drop. And I kind of just feel like, honestly, he's just trying to, like, remind himself, like, you know what what to do. You know what the basic rules of life are. You need to stick with those things in order to keep yourself from breaking your own heart and others.
1: Were any of the gospel records part of the records that this guy gave you? Were you how familiar were were you with this period of him, uh, at at that that moment, or did you come to that later?
0: Um, I I came to that later. I mean, I like I didn't really know about his gospel albums until I would say probably about five years ago. I you know was just doing some some research and looking through some of his albums, and it was like this song just really stood out to me. And then it's like, I just really was obsessed with shot of love for a while. And it just kind of, it uplifted me in a weird time in my life where I was kind of struggling. And this just was something that brought me out of the pit. You know,
1: that's fantastic. Again, it's an amazing thing to be. I under, I believe me, I've been there. I I hear what you're saying. So uh, yeah, that's, it's a marvelous thing. I said the this song, I've always liked this song. Um, I never felt a whole lot about it when I first heard it, uh, you know, he, I always, again, in the beginning, I always felt like, well, he was talking about a romance. He's talking about that, you know, there's, there's this presumably, you know, the narrator singing about a woman doesn't necessarily have to be, but in the, you know, in this case, narrator singing about a woman and he's falling for, her, but he knows in his head, it's not, he shouldn't be doing this, but his heart is not listening to him. And that to me is what the, you know, as it goes along, you know, you can play with fire, but you'll get the bill. Don't let her know. Don't let her know that you love her. Don't be fool. Don't be blind heart of mind. Now, when I heard the song for the first time, I had not yet experienced any sort of deep romantic love with anyone. And so the song was nice and it, you know, fun to listen to, but it was sort of an academic exercise in that I didn't, I didn't experience it firsthand. Well, like with a lot of Bob songs, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you go and you you go and you have a little bit of life experience, and then you come back and you go, "Oh, oh, exactly. okay, that's what we're talking about and so the song became a lot more resonant for me, in that yeah, sometimes you know we as people we we always try and guess what someone else is going to do, and I find like a lot of the time we can't even know what we're going to do in exactly. a given situation, so there's no point in guessing what someone else is going to do, and this song. Is a to me a perfect exemplar of that? Of like, presumably the head and the heart are connected, and they are, but not always. And in this case, this is a guy who's smart enough to know I, I know I should be doing this other thing, but my heart is just driving me in the other direction. And he really does get to that here in the song. Uh mm-hmm.
0: huh. So like, like what you're saying, like it's the the aspect of the the religious side of it is just like. You know better, you want to do better, but your heart is wicked and deceitful and you keep making those decisions based on your feelings when you know what to do. It's kind of one of those things that I think every one of us go through, you know, in our lives.
1: So you see a specific religious text to this? I mean, again, um, not, not a hard reach to make. It's on one of the quote-unquote born-again albums, but I'm I'm kind of curious about this.
0: I do. I Here, let me. So it's Jeremiah 17, 9 is the hardest deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, Isn't I, that
1: interesting? Yeah, yeah, I don't know that quote, so it doesn't surprise me that Bob has worked that, that that into the song. So that's really interesting. And I'll tell you, for the longest time, like I told you, I always just took the song very one way, right? Uh-huh. And then I got a little older, and then I, I, at some point in my travels, came across the quote, from the 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 French, this is so hypervolutan. The French philosopher Pascal, who has yeah. the quote, "The heart has its reasons that reason does not know," and I've seen that quote a million times in a different bunch of contexts. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of what he's cribbing—not cribbing, but it's what he's sort of bouncing off of. The idea: the heart has reasons that reason does not know. Okay, that he's talking about the heart is going for things that his brain is telling him not not to not to pursue. Right. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Bob's very well read. I'm sure he knows this quote. And so it's it's right. So it's kind of that. But then I did a little more research and I realized that that quote from Pascal, though, that's only part of the quote. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. The full quote is the heart has his reasons that reason does not know. We feel it in a thousand things. It is the heart which experiences God and not the reason this then is faith. God felt by the heart to not by reason. And I, I never knew any of that. You know, I only knew the first eight words, five, nine words or whatever. I didn't know the rest of it. So when I heard that, I went, That is
0: so interesting. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It completely upended my view of what the song. And again, you know, we talk about this all, all, all the time on the show. There is no one meaning to any Bob Dylan song. It is what it means to you. It is what it means to me. And I mean, that's why I do the show. It's why I have different people on because I want to hear what it means to you. There is no correct definition of what the song means. I'm sure Bob would say that. And, and that to me, you know, that's the interest of doing the show is, is what does it mean to this person with their life experiences? That said, when I read that quote, I got a whole bunch of other things here where I went, well, okay, is he now? Talking about his, at the time, his Christian faith. Because as uh-huh. we know, right around this time, he was starting to come out of it, kind of. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, I mean, not that there aren't songs on Shot of Love that are very devout. Property of Jesus could not be a more devout song. And certainly, uh-huh. every grain of sand. But he uh-huh. is starting to c- sort of experience doubt. And I'm wondering, is that now what he could potentially be talking about? That this, so he's not talking about a lover, he's talking about. Oh. Religion, he's talking about God, and he's saying part of him is, his head is now starting to say, I think I'm, I don't think I believe in this anymore, but the part of his heart still kind of does. And so all of a sudden, this song that I've been living with for 40 years completely upended in my mind just from finding the full quote. It was like, it was amazing to me.
0: That is cool. That's really, really interesting. Like, <laughs> now that you say that, I think you're right, Rob. I really do, because... It's it's that love, you know, that, you know, God is love and realizing that, you know, in your walk, like it can be hard. It can be really hard to believe. And like I can understand why he would struggle like that, especially in the platform and the situations that he goes through. You know, it's it's hard. It's not an easy walk. And
1: to do it so publicly, you know, I mean, get anyone who has a deep seated belief in anything. It's maybe it's easy if they if you want to to kind of hide it. Not hide it, uh-huh. but you don't have to necessarily be telling everybody about it because you just uh-huh. live your life, you know, and maybe it never comes up. But here he I mean, he couldn't have been more public about
0: this. exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh And so I thought, well, it's brave of him to embrace it so full on. And then it was brave for him to admit maybe not so much anymore, because that obviously sets him up for a lot of ridicule. You know, like, oh, well, okay. now, you're, now you're out of it. and It's like, well, OK, yeah. I believed it for, you know. Um But yeah, I, now, of course, the song. he's he's always using she and her throughout the whole song. Heart of mine, go back to where you've been. It's only been, it'll only be trouble for you if you let her in. Don't let her hear. Don't let her hear you want her. Don't let her think that you think she's fine. Heart of mine. And so you could say, well, he's clearly talking about a woman, but it also might just be that he's using that as just a sort of misdirect that he doesn't necessarily want it to be. Because, well, what are you going to put it? You know, I mean, if you put it, you know, (laughs) that would be awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you feel like, do you, do you feel like in some of these songs, especially with this one, do you, do you feel like that he is putting across to you that feeling of doubt, as you just talked about, that, that people can have in, when they, when they are, uh, they have faith. And again, it could be anything, not just religious faith, but anything that you put your all Basically, self into and you start to doubt, that could be really troubling.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, you know, Faith takes trust, and I feel like that goes in relationships, and that goes in even with you know your relationship with God. Like, just trusting is such a hard thing to do in this life, and I feel that. Like, I don't even really know how to explain. Like, that's so interesting. Like, man, I was like, I had a set thing of what I was going to talk about, and this just flipped it on its head. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that. I didn't mean to throw you throw your set.
0: no, I mean this is why I wanted to be on the show because it's a challenge. I like this kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. But, yeah.
0: So it, uh, like, I think that's very interesting. You said that because I, I feel that it could be also if he's saying she, I kind of feel like he's taking it in the context of like, you know, as believers, we're supposed to be like the bridegroom of Christ or whatever. The you know that we are she as a whole mm. and maybe that's what he's talking about that, you know, he's one with this belief and he's struggling with it. And it's like, I just, I feel like your faith is tested. It's always tested. Your trust is tested in every relationship. And it's kind of like, there's, I don't know how far along we are in the lyrics, but there's a, um, one line that really stood out to me. So go back to where you've been Mm -hmm. knowing Bob's history of, you know, growing up a Jew I bet he's heard that many, many, many times, you know, throughout his life that, you know, go back to your faith, go back to what you believed. I know that there was a huge conflict, you know, from converting from being a Jew to being a Christian. How much of that was really hard on him in the public eye and like, or it'll only be trouble for you if you let her in, like seeing both sides of it that, if you do this, you'll be you'll get judged. If you do this, you'll be judged anyway. And then it's don't say things, don't let her hear, or don't he- let them hear where you're going. No matter what you do, you're going to be judged regardless of what decision you make. So you might as well believe in what you believe in, and kind of who cares what people think
1: for for such a kind of upbeat song, you know, like it's it's got it's you know up tempo. And the tune itself is just kind of light and poppy sounding, which, again, I think is part of the, the the sort of the appeal of Shot of Love. I think that's the reason why the cover to Shot of Love is a piece of pop art, is that he's kind of mm-hmm. modulating the religious sound a little and making it a little more, you know, for, for lack of a better term, radio friendly, you know, making it just a little less yeah. hard on the ears to non-believers. Um, The language mm-hmm. in the song, especially near the end, Definitely gets a little more, you know, kind of wearying. And then he says, "You know, heart of mine, you know that she'll never be true. Should only give to others the love that she's gotten from you." I mean, that's pretty downbeat wow. stuff. You know, it's pretty cynical. And then at the last, the, in the last verse, "Heart of mine," you talk about his own heart, so malicious and so full of guile, which is so funny to 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 say, "I'm malicious." and so full of guile, which is you know, negative. Give you an inch and you'll take a mile. So here he's criticizing his own heart, saying that it's malicious and full of kind of subterfuge. uh, And then if I let you do anything, you'll take a mile. Like, it's pretty, there's a lot of dark, troubling views of faith here for a song, again, that sounds so kind of poppy and upbeat.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but if you ever notice, that's kind of how Bob works with a lot of his music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's got the the upside, you know, the the happy side of himself, but he's also always struggling with that, you know, the moodiness, the the man of many moods. You know, it's it's the reality is there. It's in all of his music and I find that kind of refreshing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm right. It's that it's that uh, the duality that helped make you know gives it that tension that makes it interesting. I mean, I've said this before on the show like I've been in i don't know a handful of relationships serious relationships and you know after three or four it gets a little exhausting i mean you just kind of get like oh, uh-huh. lord almighty how many bob has been in you know, how many do we think you know dozens maybe in all the years these all the people he's met like i don't know i mean i could see that you know a guy like him that meets so many different people you fall in love again you you probably do get a little like guarded a little like I don't know, is this, you know, I've been down this road 40 times before. Again, not that these songs are just biography, but, you know, they are his life is informing what he writes. And you got to think like, Uh yeah, you might be a little like skeptical of like, just I'm going to fall in love again. This is going to be the 17th time this isn't going to work. That's got to really develop a callus over your heart at a certain point.
0: You know, there's this one lyric. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what song it is, but it's the one where it's, I fall in love with every woman that I meet. I think yes. that was Highlands, wasn't it? Uh,
1: no. I think um, things have changed. I feel in so love with changed, every, yeah. every woman I meet. Put her in a wheelbarrow and wheel her down the street.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the song, one of the albums that I got really hooked on. Man, I listened to that album backwards and forwards. Like, <laughs> I think my fiance wanted to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding.
1: Maya, get some headphones, please. I, I can't listen to Highlands. Or things have changed one more time. So now, then, oh, I go caught ahead.
0: him listening to it one time. Though I caught Aha. him listening to it and sitting there bobbing his head, and I went, "Oh, I got him!"
1: There you go. Yeah. See, eventually, eventually, they all give in. Uh, oh, I think so. <laughs> now, something else about my cockamamie theory about that. This is about him you know dropping his religion maybe you're feeling doubts about his religion is there is an alternate take of this song now this the, the most of the album uh that we hear was kind of i mean the, the the recording sessions for shot of love were incredibly protracted because he as we know from bootlegs ha- had dozens of songs that he worked on right after saved and never quite made it to shot of love there's caribbean wind uh, Angelina, um, uh-huh. yonder comes in. I mean, so, I mean, some absolutely top shelf Bob Dylan material that never quite made it. So then he kept working on it and then he ended up conjuring up most of Shot of Love in one or two sessions. Basically, most of the tracks that we hear were, were got down in one or two sessions. He does most oh, wow. of the record, right? In one session, except. In the next to last session for Heart, for Heart of Mine, he records that song and that's shortlisted for the record. He then comes back about a week later and does a separate session for just this song and it is that version that's on the record, the one that huh. we hear. So and the, so the one that almost made it is available on YouTube and I know we both listened to it. That's the one with mm-hmm. some alternate lyrics and it has a line where he sings, uh, one of the refrains is, don't let her pour out her wine, heart of mine, which is a wonderfully kind of lascivious double entendre, saying about a woman, uh-huh. don't let her pour out her wine. But now I'm back to the religious thing saying, well, no, he's talking about the wine in the religious ceremonies. <laughs> don't let her pour what? out her wine. So, like, and he took that out. For this, but I love that line so much. But now, I, now I'm just I'm completely at sea with this song. Now I don't even know what it's about at all because I'm I, they have all these conflicting ideas in my head.
0: I mean, I find it interesting that you said that earlier on. Um, that you know, the not wasting time. You know, if you're pouring yourself into a relationship or into you know a belief or whatever, you better be sure that you're into it, or it, you're wasting your time. I mean, like pouring yourself out into something like you, let's just hope that you didn't do it in vain. You know, like it's kind of interesting. Like I like how I went into this thinking I was going to have like a total set thing of what I was going to say. And you're right. (laughs) Like, I don't even know what to think now. Like eh, Bob's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of times we just settle on Bob's is really cool. Like that's just kind of it, you know, like you just like, (laughs) there's not much else to say about it. uh, There's that, there's that song uh, by Hootie and the Blowfish, the, uh oh, uh, I only want to be with you. And it where they quote idiot wind in the song. And then at one point, Hootie just sings, ain't Bobby so cool. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, there's all this, you uh, can get lost in this meeting. What did you think of that alternate take? Did you, li- I don't want to say, did you like it more? Cause I want to necessarily, like, you know, um, put them, put, um, sick them against each other. But what did you think of that alternate take?
0: So, I listened to, like, a bunch of different alternate takes, and I liked that one, but I think, honestly, the take that I really vibed with was when Bob did um, Heart of Mine with um, Jerry Garcia on The Grateful Dead and I think it was 87, and, like, I just, oh, I just couldn't Get over Jerry and Bob's vibe, their sound together. And like, I just fell in love with the song all over again from that <laughs> tape. And, and like, <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't really a Grateful Dead fan, but um, it, it's kind of making me think about, think twice about that with some of their songs. You know, it's got Bob written all over it and some of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, right. I mean, well, live wise, you just mentioned him with that it's only been performed. 46 times, and it has not been performed live since 1992. Um The bulk of the performances are from 1981. And so basically after that, after he dropped a lot of the Born Again material, it popped up again in 84 and 87. Again, as you mentioned a couple of times with The Dead. And then a one-off in 92, and that's it. So we're talking 30 years, and he's not done it live since, which is too bad because it's a very poppy upbeat song despite all the doubts i've now brought to it uh I I i would think it would work well in concert so it's kind of a shame that it's it's just been sort of put aside but uh yeah there's there's a couple of really terrific live performances of it i'm not sure if i heard the one you're talking about with with jerry i heard a couple of other ones and there was a um a live version put on biograph of all things which which suggests to me that bob really particularly liked that to, you know, to kind of pull that out and put it on biograph and give it such a presentation kind of uh, attention like that. But, uh, but yeah, so it's something he got some use out of. And then, you know, not again, but I would love to hear it again if he ever, you know, got a wild hair.
0: Right. Let's hope he hears it. <laughs> Bob, do it again. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm sure he listens to this show. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. And, and so again, the thing with the don't let her pour out her wine, right? the The reason I got so hooked in that line is, first of all, I love when Bob does lascivious. I just find that fun. You know, he just when he, when Bob does his sexy talk, I always think that's it just makes me laugh. But I, I again, you know, I want to go down this crazy rabbit hole of like when he he has the line, "Don't let her pour out her wine," and then he takes it out right between, and then that's the version that gets on the record. And I feel like did he did he want to obscure? the 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 woman part of it and 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 leave it a little more vague and so that's why that line came out because most of the song is the same at that point except for that line again we'll never know but I always felt uh-huh. that line is so distinctive and I just it's like nah, maybe he was like mm, let me make it a little more vague I'll take out the line about pour out our wine but I don't know again we'll never know. <laughs>
0: He's too mysterious
1: for that one, Rob. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, if I ever meet him, that's what I'll that's what I'll ask him about. So that'll be uh, the first
0: thing ask. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna waste my
1: time asking about a 40 40-year-old lyric from from Shot of Love. Uh but no, it's, it's a really terrific song, and it's it's album, it's you know, it's it's placed well in the record. Again, it's really upbeat, and we know that Bob was very proud of Shot of Love. Unfortunately, didn't do very well as a but, you know, in the end, who really cares? It's just part of the canon at this point, but it's a really uh-huh. terrific song. Um, but, and, and for, again, for something with so much potential dark meaning to it. And it's, it's so interesting that, again, something that can be taken so simply as, oh, it's a guy pining for a woman that he knows he shouldn't, that you can see so much religious imagery in it and how transformative that can be for you. Like, that's just one of the great things about his art. Uh huh.
0: I mean, and I didn't see it like that, that it could be that the other side. So for me to like dominantly see the religious side is very interesting to me for you to say he was struggling with his face or face faith. (laughs) (laughs) But for him to do that is just interesting to me because like, obviously, it wasn't he wasn't struggling all that much for it to be interpreted to me that way. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, he's not a dilettante about this stuff. You know, when he gets into something, he gets into it he takes the bit Uh in his teeth he does not you know he does not dabble and and again for a guy who has so much to lose creatively and publicly that's tough you know we all have again we all have beliefs that maybe we don't necessarily reveal to people because we're a little unsteady about them ourselves and if we mention them to someone they'll be questioned or something like that, yeah. and so we don't really bring it up, you know, we kind of just don't, and then that's, that's not always the case, sometimes you just like to keep things, you know, private, it's it's not necessarily for public consumption, but, you know, this is a guy that had risked a lot by going on a tour where he's going to do none of the old songs, he's only going to do religious songs.
0: That's, yeah, that's, oof. yeah, that's bravery.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, you know, yeah, and it's pretty amazing. Again, a shot of love, has a very distinct kind of different sheen to it and the, the songs like this it, it this song was put out as a, as a single and so I don't think it ever did any sort of charts or anything like that but again it's I would imagine that people that were only maybe vaguely familiar with Bob in the last couple of years when this had come out and heard he became this sort of fire and brimstone guy and then you hear this and you go oh well this is this is like a nice little upbeat tune and I don't mean to make it Ooh. sound sort of condescending about it but it's it's certainly different than what you would have been, you know, than say slow train or any of the kind of really, you know, kind of hard driving songs before that. And, and, you know, so it's, it's a really, it's a really just nice song.
0: I think that's what captured me about this album in particular is that I'd heard other, you know, like other versions of Bob, you know, each one of his albums seems to be a different phase of him and and his personality. And like, this one was just a totally different vibe and it just fascinated me, you know, you know, just to hear that side of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's always sort of showing us. It, it's so funny. Again, you like you think about the delay that it takes kind of by the time he's recorded something and then he finally puts it out. I and mean, think by the time we're all getting hip to it, he's like moved on to the next thing.
0: You <laughs> yeah, know? <exactly>. He's already <laughs> moved
1: past it and we're all just kind of playing catch up like, oh, wait. This is cool. Oh, well, he's already moved on to. Oh, all right. This <laughs> is, you know, absolutely
0: Constable working and changing for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, you know, again, we all, I think we all can aspire to that in a lot of ways is that kind of it's restless, you know, and make it could be tough to maintain, but it's, it's also keeps you alive. It keeps you young. And good Lord, he's 82 and he's still out there doing it. I'm only a couple of weeks away from seeing him live, you know, I mean, that's.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm very, very, very excited. I don't think number 26 for me, I think this is or something like that. So,
0: um,
1: oh, yeah. you lucky butt, man, that's amazing. Hey, that's so I, I but Hey, you know, there are other people that I'm only seeing him once. I mean, there are people that have seen five, six shows this year alone. I mean, you know, got amazing to be able to see that many. And of course, he's doing all these amazing covers and stuff. So, uh, again, he's, he's keeping himself, keeping himself entertained, which is again, fantastic. It's, so fantastic. it's great.
0: It is. It's very good to see him happy. It
1: is. It is. So, well, all right. Well, that's that's heart of mine. Um, uh, Thank you so much, Maya, for for coming on. Before we sign off here, I have to ask you uh, one of the standard exit questions. And since this is your first time on the show, I'll do it with the one I'm doing for most people, which is if there's any recording session for anything, book, record, whatever, theme time radio hour show that you could sit in on and just be a fly on the wall for, what do you think that would be?
0: Oh, my gosh. That is such a complicated question. Um, If I could go back in time, it would probably be um, tonight I'll be staying here with you um from Nashville Skyline. I think if I could have been able to be in that room when he recorded that, I think that would have been a fantastic experience.
1: Now, OK, now that that is one of my all time favorite Bob songs. That's like top five. Bob Dylan favorite, my favorite Bob Dylan song. So why, why, I mean, you're, you don't have to be, you don't have to limit yourself that much. We could just say Nashville skyline for the whole record, yeah. but you, but why that one? Why that song?
0: I don't know. I am um, just like peering into Bob's mind at that time of his life and his career just really would fascinate me, you know, just to, I mean, he was just starting to like really take off at that time. Really. I mean, at least from what I, what I, whatever I had listened to, but, um, I don't know. Like, I just remember the first time I ever heard that song, and it it just was such a, I don't know. It just was a peace bringing song to me. Like, I just loved the way his voice was, and you know the material he was talking about. You know, it's just kind of like one of those love ballad songs that it just, I loved it. It was just an immediate favorite of mine.
1: Well, that's great. I, I like said I love it. It's one of my it's it's one of my all time favorite songs of his. Um, there is it it. I don't know who owns it. it's some collector, but apparently he wrote the lyrics to that song on a Ramada in napkin. oh cool when he, and and somebody owns that. it's in some collectors hands and I'm not a big uh, I have a I have you know a decent number of things in the house here that are various collectibles or various tchotchkes from different points of my life but and but I'm not I'm just generally not a big collector of stuff that said. If I could have virtually anything from Bob's like the bric a brac of of Bob's career, that might be the item
0: <laughs> to, have,
1: to have the the Ramada in napkin that he wrote one of my all time favorite bob songs on it that might be that might be the thing to have because you imagine having that in his little plankton sized handwriting on a napkin and getting that framed on your wall like how cool would that be to just read. The lyrics of like tonight, I'll be staying and like, you know, like seeing what the cross outs were and like, did he, yeah. did he, did he change the words? Was it always that? Was it always that? That would be so cool to own.
0: Would be cool.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, well, Maya, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed talking about Heart of Mind. I loved going down this, this deep dive that I never imagined I would have uh, had I not had a chance to, to research this song. So, um, before we sign off, why don't you tell people where they can find you out on the internet?
0: Okay, well, you can reach me on Twitter at shorty babe all lowercase twenty four at Twitter. And it's kind of really what,
1: what what is that? Why? What's that? You got to give me the what is the shorty babe? What's, what's what is
0: that? that behind it? Um, it was easy to remember. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm really, really short. So that's part of it, but <laughs> <Okay.
1: All right. laughs> I figured, but I didn't want to guess necessarily. So, okay. All right. Well, you heard, you heard, uh, you heard her, everybody. Uh, again, thanks for coming on Maya. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you.
0: It was great talking to you, Rob. Thank you very much.
1: All right. And thank you all for listening. Of course, you can find this show over on Twitter and blue sky under pod Dylan. And if you want to support the show and hear the full extended episodes every week, plus our bonus shows, Please subscribe to Pod Dylan on Apple Podcasts or on fmpods.com. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Bye.
0: I'm not sure why one album has been on the street. Well, well for, for instance, they record all, most of my albums. I like, go oh, this that is. Oh, yeah, well, this one's, oh, yeah, because this one was here. This one's here. You know, and this one's here. Oh, yeah, well, this is a logical extension of that. And, uh, oh, well,
1: okay, well, this don't fit in, but this one does, and this is connected to that, and so it all makes sense. Here comes a record like Shot of Love, which don't make sense uh, uh, on any kind of that sociological, political, uh, romantic level. That's why, you know, and, and people don't, can't relate to it because they, can't, they don't think that way, you know. But the sound of it was, was good, and, and uh, the sound of it was very good. That's a sore point with me with Shot of Love, because I, Shot of Love to me I think was a great record.